This car is the most honest car you ever see. It's been a dream ever since I've had it. The first time I heard that engine screaming, I thought, I gotta have one of those. For me, the cars have personality. What's great about a BMW Classic is the community that surrounds it. When you listen to that, <laughs> that's why we're here. Welcome to Classic Heart, the BMW Group Classic podcast. This is JP, and I'm happy to be back. And thank you, Anders, for stepping in and for having a great conversation with my dear friend, Gabi von Oppenheim, about racing and collecting cars. I think if you haven't listened to that episode, please tune in. These two guys had a great time. And today, we have a large round here. Let's see how that's going to work out. I'm sure it's going to be fun. And with no further ado, I would like to say, welcome, Hofmeisters. And of course, when you speak about Hofmeisters, this is a cool bunch of people who decided to celebrate BMWs. And we are very lucky to have three members of Hofmeisters here, which consists of a large community uh, nowadays. So welcome, Razi. Well, thank you for having me here. Welcome, Jasper. Hi, JP. Thank you. Thank you very much. And Toby. Servus, JP. Thank you. Uh, you have to say, you know, we're celebrating cars in general here, even though this is the BMW Group Classic podcast. But Jasper, why didn't you just call yourself the BMWs? Why Hofmeisters? It's interesting because we're actually not called BMW or BMW Group or anything like that. We're specifically called Hofmeisters because... The Hofmeister kink, which I hope most of you will know, is a certain design aspect which you can find on most BMWs that have been made. And the reason we went with that name is because it's not specific to BMW, although it's mostly known, or BMWs are mostly known for having that Hofmeister kink. And to me, that name is sort of really shows what we're about because we're mostly about BMWs, but we're not only about BMWs. We are passionate about cars. We're passionate about old cars and we're still open to welcome anyone who would like to join or anyone who's interested in the topic. And that's why I think the name Hofmeister actually really suits what we do really well. I think that's a very nice explanation of how this name came together because, of course, the Hofmeister kink is a specific design element of BMWs, but Toby, as a car designer at BMW, you might know best that there were also this design element is a very practical use to design in the C-pillar, so you have seen it in other cars as well. So this is the way you embrace everyone who's just celebrating the car culture. Um, so in the beginning, Hofmeisters was just in WhatsApp group. But you created a completely new style of community, let's say. Today it's much more than a hobby and much more than easy, simple gatherings, isn't it? So did you ever expect this to become such a success? No, I, I don't think so. Because um, even today, sometimes I, I have to think about the, the last year, for example, where we've been with the Hofmeisters and uh, what events we've done, for example, at Razi's uh, garage in Hannover. It still feels like a roller coaster uh, every time I think about it. And it's a bit surreal that it was developing so fast, so super fast in the last year. Um, you know, we created a couple of years ago some friends, and I'm happy to call 
uh, myself also as a founding member. We created in the UK the TKC, the Tire Kicker Club. And then uh, this grew, unfortunately. And why unfortunately? Because you have to say no to some people. That's uh, really annoying because the things got too big. I mean, at the last TKC meeting, we had, uh, I think, 79 cars or 110 cars or something like this. I don't know. I wasn't there, so I couldn't go. And um, we are out of capacity now, right? This becomes too professional in a sense, which we don't want to, right? We don't want to commercialize that one. Do you see this risk for Hofmeisters as well? Well, about the risk of growing too big, yes, I definitely do think that there is that risk involved. Um, we talked about it actually a lot. Yes, we did. Thinking how to, to control it a bit. Mm. And yes, because people see it, people like it, and then people find it so good that they tell their friends and then they tell their friends. And then all of a sudden we actually, we, we, we ran into a similar sort of issue, if you want to call it that. At our second meeting, we went from, I think it was 15 cars at the first meeting to 80 cars at the second meeting. <laughs> that's, a an, jump, no? that's a big jump. And that made us realize, okay, people like this, people will join if we tell them to. And what can we do to sort of not restrict it, but make it more manageable? Because we want this to stay a space that's enjoyable for everyone who's joining. And um, it gets to a point where it becomes difficult to yeah, control who's joining, what kind of people they are, what kind of things they do at those meetings. And that's why it's important for us as well to not only know what kind of people join, but also how many people join, because then it becomes more easy to, you know, manage it all. And it is a difficult thing to do and to say and to think about because in the end, we want to be open and we are open. But at the same time, we have to keep it manageable and keep it fun for everyone who's joining. So yes, that's definitely a risk. I imagine if 80 people stop by at Razi at his workshop, I think it's going to be very crowded, right? Exactly. So when we did um, Hofmeister's in Hanover at Razi's place, um, very soon within the planning, Razi said, guys, I'm really happy to do this and to welcome everyone in my space. But here's a big but. Um, I can only have this many cars and this many people. I think this is also maybe the hardest thing uh, when we plan a meeting or an event. We always try to have a special location and uh, to get a nice feeling, this kind of Hofmeister's feeling that, that we want to create, that there's always something special and it's not just coming together, standing there in a the boring place. And yeah, sometimes to search for the special uh, locations, it makes it really hard because there's not always space for 100 cars or 80 cars. And then you come to a point where you have to say, okay, but how do we choose who's coming to the event or who isn't? And uh, one of our solutions we found out is that, for example, we do this quick drives for uh, Sundays, for example, to a location. We just announce it only a day before so hopefully not too many people talk to each other and there's uh, not the 100 cars, but maybe only 20 cars. And still we don't have to say like, you cannot come because it's too much. Yeah. So, so maybe we are always searching for kind of this, this ideas uh, to control it on the one hand, but still don't control it on the other hand. Yeah, but I think like even a big, big thing on like the meetings is we don't want to have like huge meetings where you're just a visitor 
So we want to create this feeling that you are like on the meeting, but you are exactly like a family member, you know, you, yeah. you are straight into it and you're just captured by like everything we do, like even the, the people which are around. Yeah. So we talked about the challenges about running something like the Hofmeister's community. And by running, I mean not that you are the head of that community, but you are just like the executives of that things because you started organizing the logo, the events, the brand building, all these kind of things. I mean, Jasper is a photographer, Toby, you're a designer. Um, Razi, what are you doing? Dolphin trainer for Sweetwater Dolphins. Wow. <laughs> no, that's very good. Yeah. <laughs> I need to go to therapy. That would be very nice. <laughs> I actually retrained after a while to get like a proper engineer. So no, I'm I'm a car engineer. So mega. So we have the perfect combination, right? Someone who knows how the car's running, someone who knows how the car should look, and someone how to put them into the right place. So the setup is right. But what is one thing you guys remember dearly about one of the meetings? What happened, if there's any? Maybe I start because um, me as a BMW designer and knowing also a lot of classic BMW is because I'm I'm sometimes um, for inspirational reasons also in the BMW classic just with a sketchbook and a pen and just drawing some some old cars or sitting in the interior and just drawing the old door from an uh, E21 just for thinking about the new generation but when we were at the um, Hofmeisters event at Razi's garage I think it was a friend of him who also did something with lights and he had this kind of like disco lights laying somewhere and suddenly another guy said like why don't we put them right next to the cars and there was music and it was slowly getting dark and then this kind of whole garage was more like a club with the cars in it and then suddenly we looked at the um, E36 art car from uh, San Lucia. Sandro Kia and these heads that were painted on it were changing because of the different lights. When there was a green light, it looked totally different. And then there was a red light and it looked again totally different. And all the people looked at each other and were like, I bet nobody at the BMW Classic has ever seen this before <laughs> because nobody put these cars in kind of a club. Yeah. And this was this was so special to kind of yeah, celebrate it together and um Yeah, nobody planned it. It just happened. And um, this was a really, really special feeling, even having all the people around. Yeah, I would I would have to agree. Just to sort of catch on with Toby, it was, I remember actually that it was sort of getting late at that moment. And people had been around since I think we started at 1 p.m. or something. And that must have been at 10 p.m. or 11 p.m. So it, it was getting late. People were sort of getting tired. And then all of a sudden as these lights came on and to me it looked like that car was sort of becoming alive actually you could see like um toby was describing the faces and the drawings on the car were just starting to move and all of a sudden everybody was back on track everybody went went back inside and everybody was starting to dance exactly <laughs> exactly and it was fantastic i mean it's great. um surely it was the car within that space that made that happen but Ultimately, it's the people coming back in and, as Toby just said, dancing and having a good time. That That's the sort of stuff that we remember afterwards. Nice. Kind of the car lit up the whole vibe again. And um, 
it started like we would just have been there for for 10 minutes and i think it's also on all the events when you meet new people the cars is is the first thing you talk about but you always don't end up only talking about the car so this is also the great thing that this cars they really bring the people together because you start talking about them and then suddenly talk about something totally different afterwards wow what a moment that sounds fantastic that was cool. actually really great i mean those two guys like jasper and toby just been have been talking about like okay there was an art car and the faces have been moving <laughs> but just having this art car in this garage i mean this was just insane and having this like late night when we put the lights on and just turn on the music like really really loud and you have been seeing the moving faces on the Zandro Kia we thought like okay this is actually what Zandro Kia was trying to tell about the car but we thought mm. like no one actually even know what this painting can do you know it was like finding an easter egg like 25 years later something <laughs> yeah so, just crazy but tell us how did the car get there well i just drove it from munich to hanover of course of pretty course. easy <laughs> no yeah that was uh whew, that's a long story actually because uh, as make you can, it short well actually arrived by trailer obviously but um <laughs> no story over don't say it don't don't spoil it for everybody <laughs> No, um, it was huge work and it was, um, well, actually like at the end, BMW Classic just surprised us by sending those cars over, you know, it was just crazy because we just, we've been thinking about like having maybe like one car, a bit set up, just nothing special, you know, it's like, yeah. maybe I think the BMW Classic guys, yeah, just went crazy as well. They just as crazy as we are. They are, they are. <laughs> they obviously are. I can tell you the story because I actually I knew that the car were coming and I was uh, told not to tell because I was at the uh, Wheels and Weisberg on the Saturday before your event where I break the news that I cannot come to Hanover, unfortunately. But Benny Foss, who we send a big, big, big shout out from here, uh, he was telling me, you know, we like the Hofmeisters guys so much, we do a little surprise to them. And uh, I think it worked very well, to be honest. Um How do you feel about the engagement with BMW? Do you have a feeling of that there's a commercial background or uh, that it could um, have influence on whatever side to what you guys doing? Are you happy with that connection? Well, if you love BMWs, you know, and you just put all your passion in it, and then there's the brand which you're totally in love with and saying, okay, you guys doing awesome stuff it can be or can happen that we can do some support for you this is like it's just mind-blowing you know for me i wasn't never thinking that this can happen in my lifetime you know it's like even the zandro kia in the garage is like just mind-blowing you know yeah. even just seeing the car somewhere is sometimes hard to get or you have to fly somewhere to see the car but in this case, was just the other way around. Yeah, Friends just asking you, oh, is it maybe possible to get like an art car? Uh, <laughs> it's like, no, of course not. Why should they do this? You know, so why? And then at the end, it just happens. It's just crazy. I think the cool thing is that um, like Benny really um, from the BMW Classic supported kind of our crazy ideas. It was not the other way around. It was always like, We were thinking about something really crazy and kind of like 
politely asking if it's not too much. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I'm in. It sounds cool. Let's do it. So it's more more like this, how the the events and the stories kind of develop. And I think that connection, at the moment at least, is just about right because we get certain support to be able to do those things. But in no way that is sort of making us change the way we would like to do things. And just like Toby said, we come up with some really crazy, sometimes stupid ideas, and then we look for people to support us. <laughs> and um, mostly they do. And yeah, it's great. Very cool. Do you guys also help each other when like, I need that part? Or uh, do you know what could happen? Do you know a nice garage taking care of my BMW? Is this also that element of community that Hofmeisters has? Yes, definitely, definitely. And not only is it at the meets, it's actually also people texting the Instagram account and saying, listen, I've got this problem or that problem, but what can I do about it? So there's definitely this community sense of helping each other out mechanically too. Wow. Yeah, it's definitely a part of it, yeah. Well, another part of our world is events. We spoke extensively in this podcast series about the Concorso Eleganza in Villadesta because so many of our guests have a relation to this event. And this year, a very special event happened at the same time at Villa Erba, which was Wheels and Weisswurst. The event that normally happens at the BMW Group Classic headquarter in Munich has been transferred completely to the shores of Lake Como. Have you guys been there? Yes. <laughs> of course, we have. <laughs> and not only the three of us, we actually were there with the Hofmeisters. We sort of put it out beforehand that we're going to be there. And if someone would like to join, then they're welcome to join. And we got, I think, about 10 or 15 cars in yeah. of the Hofmeister community. And it was amazing to see we had Sebastian drive down from Essen in Germany mm -hmm. all the way to Lake Como, which is quite far And um, we had people come down from all around Europe. We had two lovely guys from France that drove down just to be able to join in and have their car at that special location. One guy from Switzerland. Yep. Nice. Yeah. And with two of your cars, Razi, even, right? Yes, I drove two cars by my own down to Lake Como. At the same time. Wow. Yes. At the same time. So one kilometer <laughs> driving, and then I just run back one kilometer, put the other car 1K. So it took me like more than two weeks getting down. But uh, Yeah, no, but mm. I think it's a real feeling. <laughs> no, Razi, Razi was so no. nice to, to lend me a car for that trip. That was really cool. He is such a good friend, besides training dolphins. So that's really good. <laughs> You know what's, you know, actually the main problem is I love to maintain cars. So after yeah. finishing, like uh, building a car, you just know how it drives and you, you go for like a test drive and you know, okay, everything is fitting. But then I don't want to say like the passion is stopping, but you're just thinking about like new projects. And then I'm really happy to, that even Toby's asking me like, can I drive this car? Yeah. It's like, so I'm doing me. you a favor. It's not the other way around, right? <laughs> exactly. Driving them. Yeah. For you to... I love it. Yeah, Razi, Razi is the kind of friend everybody wishes they had. Uh, <laughs> he just builds the most amazing cars and then doesn't have time <laughs> to drive them. So, so he lets you do it. <laughs> you know, I'm happy that you became now my friend as well. It was very good because I have, uh, to be honest, I have uh, not too many friends driving uh, 
vintage and young time a BMW. So that's very good. Are you already profiting from our recording here for that podcast? <laughs> yeah. That was, was a really special trip, especially I could drive or I was able to drive uh, Razi's uh, E36 Compact. It's a 323i Razi, right? Yes, yes. Great. Um, but let me jump back to the point of the Wheels and Weisswurst at Lake Como. I think, you know, the extremes couldn't be more obvious how the different poles of the uh, car collector scene can be. So just um, 100 meters away, uh, people celebrating cars that are going into double-digit millions at Villa d'Este. And um, at Villa Arba, really see uh, also valuable cars. You know, we had some very interesting Aston Martins there, I think. Of course, very interesting BMWs. I also saw a Bentley Brooklyn's, which is also not the cheapest car on planet Earth, I would say. Um, but how do you see these different ways? Is there a gap or is it actually, no, it's just, okay, this is the chap who has, or the person who has a double million digit car and he's also interested in the 320 compact? You just asked me to put it like on the short way. They all love cars, you know? Yeah. It's like some has like a, they get like more, more money, like doing the week from the mother, you know, but it's like my, how's it, um, Taschengate, I don't know the English words, is not that big for my mother. So <laughs> that's why I'm driving a compact, you know. Yeah. But um, as you ask, like for the memories, uh, because I was driving like an E36 uh, Safari to down to Lake Como and I was just getting something out of the trunk, I guess it was a beer. And uh, like an old lady stopped and asked me, oh, is it your car? I was like, yeah. And she was so amazed about the car. And after a while, I noticed the lady like from the Villa Desta. Yeah. So she was just joining at Villa Erbe to have a look as well. And, you know, this was exactly the same situation I, I just uh, said. It's just like about the passion of the cars. Like it doesn't matter if it's like a 500 euro car or just like a one million whatever car. So uh, it's... I think, it's, uh, yeah. I think even having this totally different poles this contrast in one place made it even more interesting that weekend yeah i liked it as well i think it was a very nice move to do that i think we you could also think about having like also the Verdesta participating cars over there i think that would be also nice as an addition um e36 uh, compact <laughs> exactly best of best in show <laughs> absolutely um the only thing i find very like disturbing is that we haven't met there or did we no we didn't right because you were like ignoring me okay got that which is okay hold on hold on <laughs> i seem to recall that jp was sat at the um the Drewys table right correct a, a, a space that that we could not reach <laughs> yeah. we've been just looking about over the fences you know jp yeah, <laughs> yeah no, we, that's... We, we were the ones jumping up and down yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> everything was nice driving down was nice uh, being there was nice and driving up was nice and with nice Razi means mind-blowing yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know it's it's actually the what uh, toby was saying in the beginning like if you just remember what actually happened this year it's like you, you can't put it on words you know you just have to remember okay this was it, this year as well I, I could never imagine in my lifetime being part of like a car meeting was it just next to the biggest or like exclusive car meeting in the world, you know? I never thought even about that this could happen. 
never thought about having an art car in your garage. You know, it's like just <laughs> crazy. You can't even get it in your head. You know, it's like even if you think about it, like even watching pictures, it's like, oh, yeah, this really happened. Yeah, this is, wasn't a dream. Maybe maybe another memory from the Villa Erba. Um, one photo I took from Razi, which was really special and was like, I didn't thought about it at that moment, but um, like a week later, I looked at it and his E36 Safari was standing in front of the Villa Erba and he stood on top of the car. And it was such a contrast and mix and this, this old villa and this kind of like Safari car, which is like matte and not shiny at all. And him even standing on top of the roof, which it wouldn't do at a car at the uh, Villa d'Este, It, it was so cool. It was so cool. Uh, tell us more about the safari then. So how did this? How did that start? Why do we need a safari? Well, actually, start really simple. So like time ago, like E36 was a main main tuning car. Like I, th I would think, like in Germany, it's like everyone had it, and it was just deep, loud, and most of the time, ugly. So. And no one was like into e having like an E36 because like it was the time of the E30. So everyone was looking for the E30. The E36 was too new. And I thought like, okay, just buy E36 and just do like the opposite way. Don't put it low, put it up. Uh, well, it's still loud, but... Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> and um, because I used to to drive like on circuits and doing drift stuff and that kind of things doing my work so I'm quite happy about this and then I discovered like having a car which is able to drive like on gravel roads really fast this opened like a new uh, sky for me you know it's uh, it's just awesome you know I never thought like going off-road because I thought like okay it's bit lame it's like why should i do this like racetrack is just more fun forget it mega let's talk about your cars jasper what is your what is your in your garage well um there's only one thing in my garage <laughs> that's sometimes <laughs> and, enough um, yeah it's it's that e30 which is a 316 so it's a carbed uh m10 four cylinder 90 horsepower and it's coupled with an automatic transmission. <laughs> and what's funny is a lot of the time people see the car and they see the E30 and they think, oh, like that must be a six cylinder. It must be um, a manual transmission. And it's really not, it's the exact opposite. And I love it for that because it, um, it used to be my granny's car. She bought it new in 86. So it's always been in the family. And um, I drive it as a daily driver every single day. And yeah. um, that's why the automatic transmission and the small engine are so good for it. Because, um, I mean, I get I get seven liters, um, 400 kilometers, which is a really good sort of range in my eyes for a car that's 35 years old. Yeah. And... Um, It still looks beautiful and I've done loads of really memorable trips with it. Just to mention a few, I've taken it up to Scotland, I think it's eight times in total within five years of owning it. And I've taken it down to Italy, Switzerland, France, um, all across Europe. And they're some of the most amazing memories that I've got so far in my life. And um, That car really, really is special to me. 
it is, yeah, it's the reason I'm, I'm here talking to you guys today. It's the reason I got into cars. And yeah, although it was a bit of a coincidence that I ended up having it and driving it, um, I am so grateful for having it, driving it and enjoying it still. What a beautiful story. And I think, again, it underlines one car sometimes is enough because um, I think keeping it, having these memories, driving it, enjoying it, and also getting the positive vibes from the outside because driving a, don't get me wrong, an ordinary car, an ordinary BMW, but here comes the, the catch because these cars are not kept very well and not many of them are around in a very well state because either they go down exported to other countries uh, south um, or they got to the scrapyard easily or whatever. And I think that's just beautiful. It reminds me of my Golf 2, which was my first car, which I unfortunately crashed. But this car I took over from my mother and it was, it was too fast. Now, actually, <laughs> I, I tried to have a little fight with a bus and the bus won. Uh, so, yeah, that was unfortunate. But I think this is exactly what makes makes a car special. It's like, Jasper, what you told us. I think that's uh, beautiful, just uh, just to say that. Too, what about you? Lots of Mercedeses. Lots yeah, I of, have to uh, admit, uh, yeah. Porsche. We have Toby talk yeah. about your Porsche. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a 996.4S. Cool. And I love it. And I have it now for seven years already, nearly eight and yeah, bought it at exactly the right time uh, where, where prices were still affordable for that uh, kind of car. Um, I always wanted a 911. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's a designer thing. I don't know. Um, and even loving BMWs um, and growing up in a, I would say, also BMW family, mostly because of my mother. It was not my, my father. It was my mother who had the E30. It was my mother who who I uh, stood up with at night to watch Formula One. It was wow. my mother who I watched DTM races with. Yeah, so so I have this BMW background already, but uh, yeah, this 996. Um, it's also all the trips I did with it, and I love how it drives, and um, yeah, it's really special for me. When you speak about your mother, did she have any other affiliation like on a professional basis with cars, or like coming from a car-crazy family, or it was just like the start of a passion? N not at all. I know that she drove some some rallies with my father, and um, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure she drove, and my father was doing the navigation. <laughs> 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 and yeah, but but nothing else, nothing else. So obviously, you guys owning already your dream cars, and it shows you don't need to have a whole garage full of cars. You don't need the rarest and the most expensive cars to become a collector and to celebrate this. I think it's all about the passion. And we said this quite often, but wouldn't you agree? Well, if I remember my time, like just having nothing, which is still ongoing, actually. Uh, <laughs> but um, it's still nice, like seeing people, how they start, you know. They get like a driver's license. Uh, they buy maybe like a cheap car before, but they have like this passion to get like another car, which they can't afford now. But it's it's always starting small, you know. And uh, yeah, absolutely agreed. And, Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just uh, thinking. It's always nice to have these people like even on a car meeting. You know, it's uh, we we are not want to be like a car meeting where it's just all about like nice cars and like E30 M3 and all that super nice, I mean, great cars. But it's also nice to have like people 
you know, they just want to join because they have this passion and they, guys outside or ladies, don't feel bad. Just come, even if you don't or drive like a wrecked BMW, but you still have this passion in your heart and join us. It will grow. <laughs> very strong message, Razi. Very strong message. So everyone here start. And by the way, you should follow uh, our friends at Hofmeisters. The Instagram handle is Hofmeisters without the vowel. So it's uh, you will find that one. And um, for those listening in and want to get in touch with you, I think that would be the best way. So just uh, reach out. Um, Toby, yeah. for you, working as a BMW designer, does the Hofmeister meetings or the cars you get surrounded by Do they have influence on your designs in in a sense? Wow, that's that's a good question. I know. Thank you. Um, At least one today. That's good. <laughs> one good question. Um, I've never thought about it. Maybe it has some influence. Um, yeah, it's more like maybe something I saw there. Then I would remember it a little bit and draw it later in a sketch. But uh, I wouldn't say it's it's a direct influence. It's more like trying to get in all the all the vibes from from these events and maybe something gets stuck and then it ends up on on the sketch on the paper later in the design maybe but uh yeah couldn't recall doing it on purpose <laughs> so we just from a designer's perspective you worked for bmw for quite a while now yeah uh so you have the fantastic opportunity now to not thinking in engine bay and all these kind of things so you can really rethink car design and i mean that's like a dorado for for designers because you can create something really truly new because electric cars and other alternative uh, drivetrains offer you to play around with lots of creativity yeah definitely definitely like when there's some new technologies coming up like now electric cars the package inside of the car uh, completely changes and this gives room for new ideas or, or new solutions that weren't there before. So this is always, as a designer, um, really cool. When there's a lot of change, um, then you can also like do something completely different. Great. Question to all three of you. Um, with my i3S, am I welcome at Hofmeisters? Absolutely. Sure. By the way, the best electric car on the planet Earth. Love that car. It's one of my best driving experience in the BMW. I always tell, it's, it's not the sports cars. It's like the first time I drove an i3. And I have to say the first time I drove an Z1. This is the most special experience I had in BMWs. Nice. So we have always a little bit of a service part in our podcast series. And I think out of you three, you all could give advice. But I would like to focus on Jasper. Because Jasper... You're kind of the eye of Hofmeisters because uh, you turn photography into more than a hobby, I would say. And um, for dummies like me, who really like all my colleagues in editorial making laughs and uh, jokes on me when I take a photo, please give us some brief advice how to take photographs of a cool car in a cool manner without like all the big cameras, like with the iPhone, done. Yeah. Sure. Well, just like you said, first of all, you do not need a fancy camera at all. So you can really do some amazing stuff with just a phone or any camera you've got around. Um, I would say key to car photography are um, on one side, the location and on the other side, the light. As for the location, try find something special. Sometimes there's a certain location that really suits a car, like 
you know, it, it would sort of be the obvious choice to photograph a race car on a racetrack. But sometimes try find something that's a bit more different to what people would expect. So take a race car and uh, say, put it in a forest road or like a countryside road or off-road. So sometimes, you know, it's the obvious things which make sense and which are going to look good. But sometimes try something different, try the opposite. So the location definitely is going to have a big impact on what your pictures look like because it's the context in which you photograph that vehicle that is going to make the picture and also the light. So, um, I mean, essentially cars are small little reflective cubes. They reflect light and depending on the sort of light, the reflections and the location, they're going to look quite different. So, um, I would say those are the two most important things, but really ultimately, I mean, experiment, try out. You've got a car, you've, you've got an i3, take it out on the weekend or after work and experiment with it. You know, go on a country road, go into an industrial park or inside your garage and um, experiment and have fun. Very nice. Very good. That's something for all you out there, take your camera, go out, take photos and see what's going on and then send them to Jasper and he can help you with improve. It's a free service. Yes, please, please do. <laughs> because there's lots of time, so it's no problem at all. Um, Absolutely. Before we come to the end of our nice convo, my question is, what's next for Hofmeisters? What can we, what can we expect? What is the event I can not show up again? There's none that you cannot show up to. Um, there's all of them that you can show up to, though. <laughs> gotcha. So what's next? Beep. <laughs> the silence says it all. So we should um, go ahead. No, next. Go ahead. Come on. So, um, well, what we're working on at the moment is for this year, a season ender towards October, November, maybe. That's as much as I can say at this point because we want to keep it a surprise and yeah. um, we're not fully, um, we've not got everything in line just yet. But if things work out, that's going to be something a little bit bigger again. So we're hoping to be able to have loads of people join us, you as well, JP. And um, uh, we're hoping to actually show a huge variety of cars in a way that we have not done yet so if things work out if everything is as it should be and um we sort of make the announcement online uh put it down in your calendars come around because it's gonna be a lot of fun it's gonna be epic yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so um i sweep a card say if you understand what that means i do a knicks for you and in front of you thank you for joining in because it's something special because I is it your first podcast yes yep thank you very much for doing this sharing uh, all the nice stories about hofmeisters give us a bit of an insight of hofmeisters and um for many many events to come and uh, i hope to see you soon all in person and uh, thank you very very much for being with us today well thank you thanks for having us Ricky. thank you